Callon bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still Davy Carroll. Could go all the way here. <laughs> Hello, I'm Phil Catchpole and welcome to this week's episode of Ringing the Blues. On the show this week, we have all the action and reaction from Pompey and Fleetwood Town. Plus, we speak to Wickham Wanderers fan Graham Deakin on Till Death Us Do Part. A special one this week and make sure you stay tuned to the end because we've got a big reveal for you. But first, let's catch up with Uri in Mexico City for the full Liga Juan results. Mexico City, it's me, Uri, and here are the results for League One. Oxford United 2, Bristol Rovers 1, Bolton Wanderers 1, Carlisle United 3, Charlton Athletic 2, Blackpool 2, Cheltenham Town 1, Derby County 1, Exeter City 0, Barnsley 1, Fleetwood Town 1, Wicom Wanderers 4, Leighton Orient 2, Reading 1, Peterborough United 2, Lincoln City 0, Portsmouth 2, Port Vale 0, Shrewsbury Town 1, Northampton Town 0, Stevenage 1, Wigan Athletic 0. So we are 7th in the ranking and climbing upstairs. And three of the four goals scored by the Cherboys were scored by Lonies. A great team performance by everyone. So Cherboys Spanish this week, playing the loan market. Okay, let's go word by word. To play, jugar. Playing, jugando. Market, mercado. Market, mercado. Loan, préstamo, loan, préstamo, from the Latin pre, advance, stamo, estare, to be. So, when you make a loan, you give a player in advance, wishing or hoping for the other to return it after the term is finished. So, préstamo, loan. So, the whole sentence reads, playing the loan market. Jugando al mercado de los préstamos. That's it for today. Until next week. Back to Ingerland with my amigo Filiberto Cachapollos. Adiós. Muchas gracias, Uri. Right then, Wickham Wanderers, coast to coast. A week of many miles and it started at Fratton Park. Here's what happened against Pompey. Welcome to Fratton Park. Wickham Wanderers taking on Pompey in League One. I'm Phil Catchpole. Delighted to be joined 
this evening on the road by Jack Grimmer. Jack, how are you? I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much. Loved it so much on Saturday, I just had to come back all the way down to Pompey. Combination of Farino and Vokes get the ball clear. Overhead kick by McCleary to Hanlon well on the tip of the centre circle. Great strength. And then Scoan, that's a lovely ball by Scoan to McCleary. McCleary on the right wing. Wickham on the counter, McCleary goes on the outside. Goes for goal, just wide. Ball is going to be whipped in by Luke Leahy, left-footed in swinging corner. Wickham's first into the near post, flicked on by Keogh. Oh, it's there. Get in. It's Keogh who's flicked it on. Did Josh go and get a touch? Well, presumably Gareth McCleary is on the phone to the EFL already. It doesn't matter who scored it. It's Wickham Wanderers' goal. It's Pompey nil. Wickham Wanderers won. Into the box from Kamara. Lays it back and Bishop's there, they score. And Pompey have turned this possession and pressure into the equalising goal. Colby Bishop poking over from a tight angle on the left-hand side. He was found by Kamara. Strick with no chances. Pompey won, Wickham won. Corner number 14 for Pompey in front of the front. And then now Sparks again. Going to hang a left-footed one in. He does so. Strick comes and it's there. Come on, come on. Stays down, the referee points to the spot, and it's a goal to Pompey in injury time. Heartbreak for the chair boys. Strick is still down, the referee's given the goal. It's Pompey 2, Wickham 1. Heartbreaking stoppage time for the chair boys. I don't know if I can even say he's absolutely bold. It marks his line flat out in the ground. We've had 10 minutes added on here. It was quite a long celebration for the goal, to be fair, but this will surely be Wickham's last chance. There goes the whistle. Pompey has snatched it at the death here at Fratton Park in what has been an absorbing game. Wickham Wanderers led through Josh Cohen at half-time. A goal from their first corner of the game. Pompey equalised through Colby Bishop from open play. And then it was their 14th corner that saw their winner in the 96th minute of this one. On a shot to see heading home, putting pressure on the keeper, Max Strick, who goes straight to the officials after the game. And Wickham Wanderers, that's heartbreaking, Jack. How does the team, or how will they be feeling now after that? I think they're also feeling so hard done by, and I know based on stats and possession, but, you know, maybe Pompey were better in, in a few things, but they just weren't purposeful with the ball. And I think we, maybe not so much in the second half, I think in the first half, you know, I'm even annoyed myself, but just frustrating because I felt that we'd done enough to hold on for a point and especially when you feel hard done by like that I think the referee you can see straight away doesn't want anybody around him because he's nervous he's made the mistake but you know it's a tough place to come and I thought the boys stood up to the challenge well for all Pompey's play they never really looked like scoring there's plenty of shots but maybe one or two on target up until that moment you know the only thing you can do now is, is go again on Saturday up to Fleetwood, put it right, and going into the international break is get the three points that you feel like you deserve. Gaffer, heartbreak at the end there after a very dogged and determined uh, performance from Wickham Wanderers. Yeah, um, extreme heartbreak um, to concede in the manner that we did. Um, we were very angry. Um, I was so proud of the performance that the boys put in tonight. Um, I felt like we still carried a threat, even in the second half when um, maybe you expected Portsmouth to be in the ascendancy, and they were at times, but we saw that out. Um, yeah, really disappointed with the concede the goal at the end and, and really frustrated for the supporters who, who come and give us their backing for the players who put so much in for the staff who prepare for games like that but unfortunately for the second away game in a row 
um, the decisions are going against us and, and it doesn't feel fair. You feel that was an unjust goal in injury time? Absolutely, it's a foul on the goalkeeper, the, the, the corner gets put in the box, Maxi goes to catch it um, and it's a clear foul on him, the, the defender from the opposition jumps into him, takes his arm away so he can't catch the ball, um, doesn't make any contact with the ball so it's just um, extremely frustrating, I, it's hard to put it into words, I'm, I'm angry, I'm disappointed, I'm frustrated but I'm also proud of the, the, the players um, for the second time in a row. We've gone to an away ground and, and put on a display. Um, maybe not as free-flowing as what we were at Charlton's second half two weeks ago, but um, I'm extremely proud of, of what they're doing at the moment and, and they should be proud of themselves. It was a very different display from that from Adams Park on Saturday, but you knew that coming into this game and so much to be proud of, uh, especially in that second half performance. Yeah, we challenged the boys before the game and they've challenged themselves. We knew that we were coming up against a very good Portsmouth team and, and, we, and we knew the respect we had to pay them. But, um, you know, we, we, we're confident in what we're building and we're confident in the players we've got and we're proud of what we've got in our, in our changing room. We know we've got some good players in there and we know we've got a good team that's developing and a good squad. So, um, yeah, we were looking forward to this game. We really wanted to, to come here and show our best selves. And to a degree, I thought we, we did that at times tonight. Um, we could have obviously been better in ourselves and we have to look at that first and foremost. We can't hide behind just um, decisions, but when something's so, um, so big and so, um, so unjust goes against you at the end, it, it, it's hard to see past that at this moment in time. First half performance uh, was the classic away performance, quite in the crowd down with a, with a very good goal from a set piece. Yeah, um, I think we could have actually carried more of a threat with our, our quality in the final third at times. Um, it looked like we really wanted to rush and go and get that finish rather than building our attacks. And, and then, as a result, the game became a little bit end to end. And obviously, um, I thought that second half we actually um, changed shape slightly and, and secured the wide positions a little bit better. And we built a couple of a, attacks um, obviously it's a good ball in Dalo got across the front for one and then one was cleared out for a corner that was also given as a goal kick there was a stamp on Joshi right in front of the dugouts that four officials managed to miss that as well so um, yeah uh, a, a decent away performance we have to look at ourselves and we want to be better at all times but um, yeah unfortunately big big decisions are going against us at this moment in time and 10 games in uh, able to, to announce a, an unchanged team as well from Saturday as well yeah, I felt like um, you know it's it's always a tough one to balance out when you've got a busy three-game week. Um, but the way the the players played on Saturday, um, especially in the first half against eleven men, we were really proud of what they did and the cohesion between that group. We felt that they deserved to go again on a on a Tuesday night to to build themselves uh, into another performance. So um, yeah, it was nice to be able to do that ten games in, um, and we'll have to look at the bodies count the count the heads on before the weekend, see what knocks we've picked up and make sure we, we pick ourselves up because we've now got an opportunity to, to go to Fleetwood. We want to we wanna go and get some points. Um, we have to take our medicine, as we always do, and, and make sure we move on very quickly. I was going to say the very nature of League One, and it's a long old journey, isn't it, up there? But plenty of time then to have a look at today and prepare for Saturday. Yeah, as always, we'll watch it back with unemotional eyes um, and we'll watch it tomorrow and, and make sure that we, we analyse everything that we, we did right and everything we want to put, put right before the weekend because there's no time to, to sit around and feel sorry for yourselves. This game is unforgiving and we have to make sure we're ready to go at Fleetwood and we will be. Heartbreak at the end then at Fratton Park, but the boys were back on the bus later in the week to head up to the Fylde Coast to take on Fleetwood Town. Here's what happened. Going. Now Hanlon finds Phillips. Phillips, neat feet, puts it out wide to Boyce. Boyce goes for goal, beaten away by Lynch. 
Boys gets another go, does he? Follies into the box, looking for Hanlon, headed clear by Hennigan. Taylor gets away from Ansalia. Left-hand side, bundles over his man and in play continues. He's inside the box, Taylor, Hanlon, drops to Scowen! Just wide of the post, nearly two in two for Josh Scowen. Wickham Wanderers looking really dangerous here. And Scowen from the edge of the penalty area, went for placement, side-footed. Scowen versus Earl. Finds it in and it's onto the... It's in! Oh. Somehow that's in, Dale Taylor. Wow, what a header from him. I was trying to work out how Scoan got the cross in. It was a glancing header from the narrowest of narrow angles. And Dale Taylor lobs it over Jay Lynch. It was statuesque. It was a moment of silence and then the net bulged ever so gently. But it counts as a wonderful goal for Dale Taylor. Fleetwood Neil Wickham one. Taylor's on the run, controls brilliantly, takes it out wide. Controls it back to Hanlon, edge of the area. Hanlon centrally placed now. Feeds it through to Potts. Scores! Freddie Potts with his second goal for Wickham Wanderers. Brilliant play from Wickham. The long ball down the middle. The control from Taylor, exquisite. The reverse pass to Hanlon, superb. The layoff to Potts. And Potts is finished. Drew the keeper and slammed it into the net. 2-0. Scoan into the box, looking to find... Taylor, Potts, Potts, lovely ball to Taylor, Taylor's through on goal and scores and Wickham do have the third. Freddie Potts, the architect and the clinical finish coming from Dale Taylor. Wickham Wanderers playing some fantastic stuff here and rewarding the travelling fans and those of you listening and watching at home as well. Fleetwood nil, Wickham three. Triple sub from Lee Johnson of Fleetwood at half-time has seen Fleetwood put in an improved performance which, uh, well, not difficult. Wickham Wanderers have been excellent. Junior, cross comes in low. Oh, and there is the goal. Marriott scores. Junior fired it low into the penalty area. Marriott turns it right-footed into the back of the net. And Marriott picks up the ball and runs to the fans and says, come on, guys, you've got to lift us. Potts slides in and wins the ball for Wickham. Well, finds Patton and gives it back to Potts. Potts then into Phillips. Phillips to Hanlon. Hanlon running Go through. Hanlon is fouled by Hennigan. Oh, and Hennigan's in trouble here. He's been booked already. And he's off. I did say about the red card stats in this game, about Fleetwood and the referee. Hennigan there giving the referee no choice whatsoever because the foul on Hanlon, he was through on goal. Didn't seem to be an attempt to play the ball. And it's an early shower for Ben Hennigan in the 63rd minute. Free kick, Luke Leahy. Up and over the wall, oh. scores! Luke Leahy with an absolute belter. His third of the season. And with free kicks, you don't get to retake them, so you stick them straight in the top corner. Fantastic stuff from Luke Leahy. Fleetwood one, Wickham four. McCleary benefits from some good play no from Scoen. And now Sadlia, edge of the area, he's through on goal. Cuts it onto his right. Oh. Great save. Gaff McCleary controls. And it's blocked brilliantly by Earl. Wickham invaded the fifth, not once but twice there. Full-time whistle goes, bang on the six minutes. And it's a great away day for Wickham Wanderers. They led 3-0 at half-time in the second half. Fleetwood pegged them back to 3-1, but then had a man sent off, and from the resulting free kick, Luke Leahy sealed the points with a delicious left-footed strike. Goals in the first half from Dale Taylor on 20 minutes, Potts on 34, Dale Taylor again on 40 minutes. 
wonderful stuff from the chair boys throughout and they head back down on the very long journey home with three points in their pocket and a spring in their step Gaffer 4-1 scoreline away from home talk us through the performance yeah um, I kind of you know I just said to the boys in the change room I kind of feel like it was it was coming a little bit we've been really pleased and proud of the way we performed away from home at, at Charlton and, and Portsmouth and got absolutely nothing for our um, endeavours um, so you know I, I, I asked the boys to bounce back strong today after Tuesday night um, and they certainly did that in the first half the energy and the um, the forward play that we, we, we played with the, the pressing and um, the way we cut through Fleetwood on a number of occasions I was obviously really proud um, I have to say um, that I'm so pleased and thankful to our owner Rob who, who called me earlier in the week and, and offered for us to come and have a two day two night lead into the game um, because um, you know usually we'll come away on a Friday night for a long trip but we actually came away Thursday because Busy week, busy schedule, um, late night coming back from Portsmouth and the uh, the numbers that we put in Tuesday night were, were off the scale. So a massive thank you to Rob um, for putting, you know, for backing what we're doing and really supporting us in that. And not only is it just a prep for the game, I really feel like the social time for the boys to bond and, and come together was, was really, really good. So um, I'd like to say a massive thank you to him for that. Uh, three rotations coming into this, two up top as well, and they really paid off. It seemed to catch Fleetwood by surprise. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, um, you know, I think uh, Voxy and, and GMAC, along with Brands, have been real top over the last few games, really, really top. Um, but we just felt off the back of that long week and the, the numbers we put in Tuesday night that it was the right thing just to freshen it up. You know, we, we brought Dale and, and Kidd into the club because we felt that they could contribute in a big way. Uh, and today felt like the right moment to, to rotate slightly. So um, really pleased with what they've put in and it's given me plenty of headaches going into Peterborough because, you know, we wanted to have a squad that was really, really competitive. Um, and I think we've kind of got that at the moment. Uh, Joe Lowe coming in at the back as well and he just continues to look class in a Wickham shirt yeah again yeah, Keezy I must must say how good he was Saturday and Tuesday I thought Keezy was, was really really top uh, in both of those games but again the, the travelling in the long week and um, opportunity to give Joe uh, a game here um, I must say that the way I the discussions with Keezy, GMAC and Voxy and, and the way they've um, put into this week and accepted of the decisions was, was shows their class uh, of, of the lads um, and the way they've contributed to today, even though they didn't start, was can't be underestimated. So, um, yeah, really pleased with, with a lot of aspects that have gone into this week and obviously pleased to be taking three points back down the road. And the quality of all the goals was, was excellent, very different goals, but Luke Lee, his strike as well, top draw. Yeah, very good. Um, Luke, he's got that in the bag. I've been feeling like he's been due one. He's had a couple of attempts recently, a couple of sighters, and, you know, we... We, we're really pleased with what Lukey's done um, since he's come into the building, both on the pitch and, and off the pitch. He's a real lively character, he's a, a real leader. Um, and all the goals were, were top. Dalo's got his two, Freddie took his um, with real class as well. And, and, and I can't you know, have this interview without saying a massive thank you to the supporters as well, coming all the way up to Fleetwood. Um, they weren't here when we won in COVID, but it was, um, I thought they were incredible today. And you know, last two away games, they've been fantastic and um, haven't had any points to take home with them but I hopefully I hope they enjoyed that today and a real underlining of the change of strategy for the club in the summer because the low knees really come into the fore today yeah it's um yeah obviously we, we we had to really think um long and hard in our strategy transfer wise over the summer you know we've spoken before about how we're we're living within our means we can't um we can't outlive what we are as a football club but we really felt like 
you know, getting some elite performers in from higher clubs was would help complement the group. Um, you know, we've got some incredible senior players already at the club, and we felt like bringing in some some elite younger lads from from Premier League clubs would would help complement each other. So, you know, it's, it's small baby steps. We're certainly not going to get carried away, but obviously, we're really pleased with the way the group's starting to gel together. Long journey home, but before the international break, we got the EFL Trophy game away at Stevenage. What does that fixture look like now in terms of uh, preparation? Yeah, obviously we're missing a few bodies. We need to make sure that um, we count the knocks from today. We've had a real tough week and a few players will have been higher on their numbers than others. So we have to make sure that we don't over overcook a few of them. But it's obviously an opportunity for a couple of the, the lads who have been finishers recently to get more added minutes. Uh, a couple of the boys just to, you know, we, we're still implementing um, what we're trying to do and, and we're still a long way from where we want to be so it's another opportunity to keep um, that cohesion as a group going together and make sure everyone gets plenty of minutes so we want to go and win uh, we want to win the game but Stevenage have got a really strong squad I think they've recruited really really well over the summer and we know Steve's done a, had a great start to the season so um, we will look forward to the game and make sure we're ready to go Dale, cracking afternoon for the team and for yourself two goals uh, what do you reckon? No, obviously it was, it's unreal to score two goals obviously it was a from injury there um, for the past three weeks but no to, to get back on the pitch again and obviously big credit to the guy for um, putting his trust in me to, to play and, uh, and start but no it was brilliant and um, and really enjoyed playing in front of the fans again. Talk to us through that first goal because from, from the commentary box especially we were scratching our heads until we saw the replay how you did it how did you flick it in from that angle? See to be honest, I actually don't know, but um, I knew it was going to come in, and I thought if it just got contact on it, that there's a chance it could go in, or it's a chance for for the lads following in behind me. Um, but thankfully, I did get a touch on it, and it went in. But I honestly don't know how. Did you know it was going in once you headed it? Because there was a moment of sort of calm around the as everyone watched the ball loop up. Wasn't sure if it was going to land it or not. Did you know? Well, when I look back, I seen the the keeper like sort of hesitate. Um, and I was wondering what he was doing because it wasn't that high, do you know what I mean? Um, but no, as soon as I seen him hesitate, I was thinking, this is in, like, it's chance, and, and thankfully it was. Second goal, talk about that pass from Freddie Potts because it really opened up the back line. Oh, what a top player, honestly. Freddie flipping. I just knew, like, as soon as he took a touch and if, if I screamed loud enough and called his name, that he would have found me. He does that constant training, them sort of passes. Um, and thankfully he did, and I, I, I tucked it away for the second one. You were on for that second half for a lot of it as well and you were buzzing around. We were all hoping you were going to get a hat-trick, but it didn't quite drop for you. No, it didn't. I thought I was, I was onside there for the chance the keeper made the save, but I wasn't onside. Um, but no, I'm still happy to get two and obviously playing in front of the fans. The away fans was, was amazing, so it's a big credit to them. And a great way to bounce into the international break as well, to represent your country high in confidence. Yeah, I can't wait to go. Obviously, I missed the last one through the injury. Um, but no, obviously, me being from Northern Ireland, I'm, I'm really excited to, to go away with them again. Luke, an excellent away day, 4-1 win and a goal for yourself. Yeah, brilliant afternoon for everyone involved. Um, you know, to come up here and be 3-0 up at half-time is, um, is a, you know, it's a tough task in itself. So to do it to, to do it here and to put on that type of performance is, um, is excellent for the boys, yeah. We'll get to your goal in a minute, but let's talk about those three first half goals. Yeah. Three excellent team goals from great football. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Dale just makes that run all the time. And we see it in training across the front post. And it was it sort of looped. And I think, you know, me and Lowy sort of looked at each other as a ball in the air to get him ready set for a goal kick. And it was, and all of a sudden it just dropped in. And we were like, happy days. So, um, and yeah, and then the second of the goal, Potsy, unbelievable today. You know, you know, it feels like, you know, all the new signings are sort of starting to click and, and know their role. And even, 
you know, he didn't score on assist today, but Killian Phillips in the first half as well was everywhere, landing on second balls, putting himself about. And so special mention to him as well. And everything just clicked, didn't it? You know, they had a few chances in the first half that we weren't happy about, but you know, to come here and you know sit in there at half time and be three 0 up, you know, we, we can't complain. We've just said to the gaffer, it felt like a really big underlining of the change of strategy for Wickham Wanderers with the low knees really playing a big part today. Yeah, definitely. You know, there was a there was a change in, in in the front three up top, and you know their energy and their their willing to run, you know, sort of sort of helped us. And you know, as black as bat lads, knowing that we can squeeze up the pitch and, and see them running off to channels to get the ball, it was you know it was excellent. And um, credit to them boys up front, but credit to everyone. You know, I think you know we travelled, we left Wickham Thursday to to travel up here, and the preparation has just showed that. Um, you know, it was excellent and it's paid off. How has those days been? The gaffers said it was uh, obviously hard work with the training, but also time away together as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, we didn't get that in pre-season. You know, some teams got it, you know, by going away. And, you know, our, our team was, you know, it was an early settle sort of, you know, like we got the signings in, but we haven't we haven't had that. So, um, yeah, it was excellent. We had, we've had a laugh. We've had serious training sessions and, and everything. So, um, yeah, it's been good. Time to brush up on any more impressions of the squad? No, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your goal. We can't not talk about that. The thing with the free kick is you can't get it retaken, so I guess you have to score it first time, right? Yeah, take it, when I? But now nah, <laughs> the boys have been on at me a little bit, you know, to you know finally stick one in the back of the net. And as soon as I seen the, the wall set up, and you know, I think it was Killian and Dale with me. I said, if I said if them two on the the tallest two stand on the outside of the wall, then I know where I'm going, and the keeper give me you know quite a bit of room. So you know. Thought, get it over the wall and, and get it under the bar. You know, it's got a good chance of going in, and you know, just delighted to hit the back of the net and celebrate with with the the travelling fans. Yeah, the fans were fantastic today. It's a huge journey for you guys, but also for the, for them as well. And they made a hell of a lot of noise today. Absolutely, and with you know, it, it, we think it's been t- tough for us. You know, travelling down to Portsmouth on a, on a Tuesday night and travelling up here. You know, it's, it's even more difficult for them because you know they've got work and and whatnot. So um, a credit to each and every single one of them, and you know, just delighted that we can send them home. Um, down the road with, with three massive points. The gaffer, Dale Taylor and Luke. But what did the Fleetwood fans think after the game? Here's the opposition view. Rob Cobb. Outclassed in every department today. Stormy waters lie ahead, I fear. Nappers. Fleetwood were humiliated at home as Wickham hit four at Highbury. We slumped to one of the worst displays I've seen in years. Oh, and I thought the 200 Wickham fans were immense. Ryan Riches. Having watched us play Wickham over the years, you know what to expect. A big physical set of lads. It was boys against men today. It's beyond me why we knocked the ball about with no real endeavour. We put the ball in the box from out wide probably twice and we scored from one and nearly scored from the other. Surely the answer is there because trying to pass the ball into the net certainly isn't the answer. Archie Crooks. We might have just had two wins in a row but normal service resumed today with another drubbing. Fleetwood Flyer. On Tuesday, we celebrated beating Cheltenham as though we'd won the FA Cup. But those two wins were against poor teams. Cod a plenty. So much for our mini revival. We were outplayed and outfought all over the pitch by a really good team. 
they will be well up there come the end of the season and we could well be down the other end. It was too easy at times for Wickham as they cut through our measly defence with ease. Positives? Well, the weather was kind, even if the team weren't. Harvey Poland. Bloody awful today, but I have to say Lynch was the worst of them all. He could have done better for three of the four goals, the first being the most shocking. I think it's about time one of the other keepers got a chance to prove himself. Lynch just doesn't cut it anymore. Nick Robinson? I couldn't tell what happened with the first goal. It, it looked like it was going on the roof of the net, and the next minute it was in. The free kick did seem to go down the middle too. But you can't single out the keeper. Everyone was awful. We, we tried to play it out from the back and a dreadful on the ball, so it's not going to work. Ian Clare. I thought we were lucky to only ship four goals today, if I'm honest. We're clearly not good enough. Jono Nibhook. Wickham are our bogey team. And they're going for the playoffs for a reason. Any point would have been a bonus today. Yes, it's that time of the show again where we ask a Wickham fan to give us something old, something new, something borrowed and something blue. This week, it's Wickham fan Graham Deakin. Enjoy. Okay, victim number three for Till Death Us Do Part. As we all know, choosing your football club is like a marriage. It's for life, for richer, for poorer, you name it. The ups and downs, it's all about football and it's perfect metaphor for life. Joining us this week is Wickham Wanderers fan, uh, Graham Deakin, or I've now been corrected, Dr. Graham Deakin. Now that's the first question, Graham. It's not like Dr. Fox, is it? You're a real doctor. Uh, well, kind of real, Doctor, yes, I, I suppose. Um, you know, uh, if I was on an aeroplane and someone had a medical procedure, I couldn't help them. I'm not that kind of doctor. I've got a, I'm a, I've got a PhD. With, you know, I'm a doctor of philosophy of football from the International Football Institute, believe wow, this, it or not. This sounds very grand and, uh, it and does, maybe, it? It maybe overqualifies you for this feature, but we'll continue. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, right. How long have you been a Wickham fan? Um, well, that is, is a, that's, that's a tricky question in a way. Um, uh, you'll see from from from, you know, talking about what we're going to talk about. I, I, I'm probably going to say 2005, but but um, I saw Wickham plenty before that. I'll explain in a minute, I guess. OK, well, then let's crack on, shall we? Uh, uh, so we always start with something old, your favourite ever. Wickham Wanderer's memory. Yeah, I mean, there are so many. I am old, uh, uh, as you know, uh, because I'm a retired university lecturer. Um, I was at Logues Park in 75 for the Middlesbrough game. That's how old I am. Um, wow. Which was amazing. Uh, you know, uh, they were literally, as a few of us know, top of the pyramid that day. Um, uh, and we were, well, way, 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 way down. Uh, you know, Jack Charlton was on the touchline. And... Um, He'd won the World Cup eight years beforehand, for goodness sake. And he was at Lokes Park, you know. It was bonkers. Uh, what a great day. What a great day that was. Um, and there have been so many, haven't there, you know. 
Villa Park for the semi-final, going 3-2 up at White Hart Lane, the Chelsea semi. You can just keep listing them. And I was going to say, until last week's show, I was going to talk about Torquay, because I was standing next to you as well. I think everybody claimed to have been standing next to Phil Catsball when the whistle went, but I, I definitely believe I was, and that was just unbelievable. But um, I'm not going to go Torquay, therefore. Uh, I said that uh, 2005 was when I really fell in love with the club. Um, I've been supporting with, the, uh, you know, I've been flirting before that, I guess. You know, I'd lived away and, you know, I got to a few games. But you can't fall, uh, you can't choose who you fall in love with, can you, Phil? And um, I'm going to go um, 2005 season, strange yeah. old game, Wickham 3, Aston Villa 8. Um, <laughs> which was just madness, you know. I think that was Gourmania at its craziest. Um, we went 3-1 up that night, didn't we? Uh, that was a big mistake for a start. Um we were absolutely knackered at halftime. I watched them come off the pitch. I, I tend to sit in the beach, Dean, and I watched them come off and they could barely make it to the change room, I think. And, uh, well, we poked the bear and uh, they, or the lion, I suppose they are, aren't they? And uh, they came out in the second half, having obviously got a roasting in the dressing room and absolutely ran rings round us. Um, Gareth Barry got a couple. Uh, James Milner got a couple. Uh, but it didn't matter. I, you know, I was in love. Uh, I just... It was just a fantastic night and to get thrashed and still absolutely love the club and applaud them off. And I think everyone there that night just thought this is this is just madness. But but what what a wonderful time. So so that's the, that's the day I knew that I couldn't choose who I'd fallen in love with. Um, I was smitten. It sounds like you had quite a long courtship. There's a bit of a gap between 1970 <laughs> mid 70s and 2005. <laughs> There's certainly I'd, I'd, I'd actually gone and lived in New York for a while. Uh, I'd, before that, I'd gone away to university. And you know what? Back in those early days, Phil, I mean, uh, in, I went to John Hamden uh, and, and no one really supported Wickham Wanderers. You know, people supported Division One teams, I guess, mostly London clubs, uh, if they like football at all. And um, and there was all that trouble in the, you know, in the 80s and hooliganism and all, and all that. And um, yeah, I. I just didn't go. I just didn't. Yeah, I, I kind of missed out um, uh, on the Martin O'Neill years, which is, you know, to my disappointment, I guess, looking back. But I was I was away. I was working in London and uh, it wasn't really on the radar. It was uh, it was when I moved back to the area, really, that I, I got back in touch with the club, I guess. And of course, simpler times where if it doesn't matter where you are in the world these days, you can watch the game, you can follow on Twitter, you can get whatever you can see, replays uh, after the final whistle, etc. Back in then, in those days, I guess if you're in New York, you were picking up a newspaper maybe a couple of days after the game even. Uh, absolutely. I would go around to a mate's house who was a Leeds fan um, and uh, it was sort of... Uh, mid-evening in New York and we and he'd sort of go on to ne um, Netscape or something and and dial up and and you know we'd find the reports of of various Premier League games they, they actually showed the Premier League um, the following Friday at four o'clock in the afternoon on some obscure Spanish-speaking channel it was it was very different times definitely <laughs> Going back to the Villa game, uh, we had the pleasure of John Gorman's company with us last Saturday at Adams Park, uh, and that game came up in conversation. And the thing I love about John, the glint in the eye, you never know if he's really joking or, or not. He does love love a laugh. He talked about that game, and he said, if Nathan Sison hadn't got injured, we'd have won that comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful man, John Gorman, and some wonderful memories and your greatest Wiccan memories. So uh, that's uh, that's a great place to start. Uh, Where I fell in love, you know. Yeah, yeah. It all happens to us. Uh, something <laughs> new. Your favourite member of the current squad. Um, okay, um, I'll answer your question directly. Um, um, I think my favourite uh, member of of the of the current of the current squad is probably got to be G Mac because he's different gravy, as we say, um, <laughs> in the world of academia. Um, and um, no, you know, he's, I mean, the, it, and this season, I mean, he's, he, I'm sure there's a painting of him sitting in some sort of loft somewhere because he seems to be getting younger and younger, you know. Uh, fantastic, his, his fitness levels, but his skill level at, at our level is is superb. I just, you know, I, I like, exciting players on the ball and he's one of those players that when he gets the ball you know you're out your seat immediately thinking something's going to happen uh so he's definitely definitely my man although got to say some of the new signings fantastic you know Leahy and Lowe fantastic um one or two of the other boys you know finding their feet it's great I think that I think the squad is really really strong I mean one of the things I do like about about fandom at the moment amongst the um, amongst the, the faithful, if you like, is is that sense of expectation. I, I like. I think that's a positive. You know, I, I like the fact that people think. You know, we're we're pushing for promotion every year. You know, we're 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 close to being up there in the fifth biggest league in the world. Um, and and sometimes it might tip over into a little bit of a you know sense of anti, um, entitlement. But you know, if my sixteen year old self watching the odd Isthmian League game could could imagine that we'd be playing the sort of teams we are playing. And playing the sort of football we're playing, it's unbelievable. Uh, it, it, they're, they're great times. We should really, really embrace the moment because it, it's 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 wonderful. And to, <clears throat> to bring this back to Gareth McCleary as well, and, and to frame this in your journey with the club, you know, this is a guy that's played over thirty times for Jamaica. His country, he's graced the Premier League. He made his international debut at the uh, Azteca Stadium against Mexico. Uh, and this is a guy that turns it on for Wicked Wanderers week in, week out. I mean, I have to pinch myself sometimes. Yeah, um, um, I mean, we're, we're, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to have him at the club. Uh, and one or two others as well, you know, folks, people have played at, at the top of the game. And one or two people who, were it not for the odd injury or whatever, would also have made it big. And um, yeah, it's it's just, uh, uh, I mean, I'm lost for words, Re really. If you actually stand back and analyse it, um, how, how fortunate we are to have these players uh, in the squad at the moment. Absolutely. And uh, one of the biggest things uh, of recent times off the pitch, uh, him uh, making Oxford Council cut the grass on his uh, on his childhood estate so kids could play football as well. I thought that was uh, making front page news, I think, on the Oxford Mail. A Wickham Wanderer doing that. Who would have thought that as well? Fantastic. In touch with his roots. And that's, you know, that's important. And that's what I love. I mean, you know, we're, the, the whole this whole recruitment policy of people who've got their feet on the ground and, and are good off the pitch as well as on, you know, it's, it is a testimony to, to the, the sort of club we are. And again, we should be really proud of, of that. We're not just, you know, glory seekers. Um, there's some bad eggs out there, bad apples out there in the game. And, um, and, and, and we're very fortunate not to have any of them uh, wandering around our place. Now, if GMAC was to score a hat-trick before the end of the season, in tribute, would you watch a game, no matter what time of year, without your shirt on? <laughs> no one wants to see that, let me tell you. No one <laughs> wants to see 
<laughs> okay, we'll leave it there. Uh, on to something <laughs> borrowed. Uh, your favourite ever loanee or player you wish that we'd have signed, no matter how controversial. Okay, I'm 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 going to take a slightly tangential view on this, if it's all right. Mm. Um, um, I've had to think about it, and and the, I think the obvious answer uh, is it's a loanee. The obvious answer is is it Mawson? Is it Eze? You know, both brilliant. Uh, but I'm going to take a bit of a different tack, if that's all right. Uh, of course. It doesn't, doesn't quite answer your question, but and anyway. Um, I'm going back to the 13-14 season, and I'm going Michael Merriman. Okay. <laughs> Who is Michael Merriman? Um, Michael Merriman uh, was the Mansfield kit man who forgot to pack their kit. <laughs> for their, uh, what a guy. Um, so, you know, Colin, Sir Colin Daniel, of course, a borrowed black away kit. The gas had to lend him, uh, lend them their kit. Uh, and obviously that borrowed kit helps secure our future and their demise. And uh, it's horse punchingly hilarious, I would say. So we should have we should have given Michael Merriman the position of kit man at Wicker Bodgers out of, out of sheer gratitude, I guess. I think I, I I don't know what he's doing now in the game, but I think an honorary session. I mean, maybe you could interview him in the Legends Lounge because he is a legend, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, up until this point, to my shame, I had no idea who this person was. I knew the story, of course, I knew the story, but I'd never dug deep into finding who was responsible for leaving the kit behind. It always amazes me that once a season, a team has some kind of faux pas on this level where you think this is Sunday League. It was brilliantly <laughs> Sunday League um, from our point of view. <clears throat> and of course, the Mansfields as well. Uh, so Michael Merriman, if you're listening to this, and as we always say, there's no good reason why you shouldn't be, uh, get in contact. We'd love to speak to you. <laughs> I think, I think Michael Merriman Day might be might be one for the marketing team in the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm jumping onto LinkedIn after this to track him down. Uh, <laughs> um, we're on to the uh on to something that will always be a talking point, I think, amongst our fan base. Classic merchandise or or and also uh, a merchandise idea that the club is missing a trick on. What what have you got for us? Okay. Um I'm gonna tell a story against myself here. Um I think we should have Wiccan Wanderers branded keep off the grass signs available for everyone who's got that lovely green sward out the back of their house that looks just like the, the playing surface at Adams Park these days. <laughs> I think a keep off the grass sign would be a, would, would be a good idea in, you know, in, in uh, Oxford and Cambridge blue, obviously. Um, uh, and the reason, the reason for, for my, uh, my choice, Phil, is, um, uh, I've got a letter here. I don't know if you can see it. It's, it's Wickham Wanderers branded letter. Um, it's dated uh, Monday, the 5th of February, 2018. Um, ring any bells? Uh, well, uh, that weekend... I, I know where you're going with this, yeah. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> can I? <laughs> Would you rather... Please, please do. This is great. This is what this is all about. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so I think the previous Saturday, uh, the 3rd, was... Um, the bean with the shot day. Mm. Um, and most people got a t-shirt, didn't they? I was there to, uh, uh, after that game. Well, I almost got a banning order from the club um, under the Football Fences Act 1991, uh, as this letter says. Not something a man in his 60s should be proud of, is it? Um, but there you go. If you can't tell a story against yourself, you know, there you go. Um, uh, I sit in the beach team 
we'd gone three three, hadn't we? In the in the you know in the dying moments of the game, and it, it was fantastic. And I'd gone down on the rail like any good Beach Dean uh, stand fan does, and I found myself wandering down towards the tunnel to cheer cheer the boys off after a heroic comeback. Um, and then Marcus scores, and to this day, completely inexplicably, inexplicably I found myself on the pitch. <laughs> with, with my, jumping up and down like a lunatic. I think Matt Stessel had actually gone onto the pitch to do a bit of filming, and I and I just followed him, you know, on there like a like a sheep, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I'm suddenly I'm being bundled back over the rail by the stewards, and people are asking to see my ticket and my name and address, and you know, absolutely ridiculous behaviour on my part. Um, so not clever, not funny. I don't condone it in any way, uh, but. There you go. Uh, Mr. Riley did actually write in his letter, and I quote, we want all fans to come and enjoy the game and support the team, but we expect that to be done in a decent way, which stays on the right side of the law. And you can't argue with a word that he said there, can you? But uh, of course, that's not true of the, the, the glory days back at Logue's Park when we were on the pitch all the time. I mean, if you see the end of that Middlesbrough game, there must be there were twelve thousand in the ground, weren't there? I think there must have been about ten thousand on the pitch. But um, it's not. <laughs> I, I was. We were even on the pitch for that terrible two-one loss at home when we went. We got promoted under Peter Taylor that last game of the season. And people kind of walked on the pitch like, "Oh, is that it? We're up, are we?" But um, those <laughs> days have gone. They're long gone, and that pitch is now so so immaculate that uh, quite rightly we should all stay back and applaud and cheer the boys from our seats. Well, I think that's an excellent addition to the to the club shop, especially when it's attached to your story. And I trust you've behaved yourself since that day. Oh, God, absolutely. And my cage was tr well and truly rattled. I, I mean, I, I, I'm led to believe, actually, that um, had certain people that I do know in the club not intervened at the Monday morning meeting, that, that banning order might well have been invoked. So uh, I got away with one there, Phil. I really were you, did. Were you a doctor back then as well? Yes, it's ridiculous. It's <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. I don't know why that is. That, that is adds an extra choose. level of lunacy to this story. I love that. You can't choose who you fall in love with, you know. And sometimes the passion overtakes you, doesn't it? And you do crazy things, you know. Well, is it doctor? Was it doctor of philosophy of football? Is that right? Uh, I, I, I'm a doctor of philosophy. Yeah, uh, uh, my PhD is in uh, the cultural history of football. Yeah, well, I think a banning order from a club just adds to the uh, adds to the weight of that qualification because it shows you you've really kind of investigated all areas of the game. Exactly, grassroots from from the bottom up. That, that you know, it's social history. That's that that's what the game's really all about. Yeah, uh, Graham, I wanted to reveal uh, do a big exclusive reveal at the end of this to reward people for getting through to the end of the podcast. Now, your the rhythm of your voice sounds a little familiar to me. Is there any way we would have heard your work before? Well, I don't know about that, Phil. It could have come from somewhere. I'm not sure. Anyway, you know, uh, uh, Charlton, uh, you know, I'm, yeah, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you probably, but, uh, 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 yes, uh, um, you know, you know full well who and where I am in this, in this, uh, <laughs> this, this whole thing of ours. It's it's a pleasure to unveil the regional accents department on Ringing the Blues. No better place to do so, I guess. But yeah, thank you for all your immaculate work down the years. <laughs> You're very kind. It's it's great fun, isn't it? And uh, I, I think I think some of I think some of the 
some of the away fans have got have got a little bit more reasonable in in the past. I like it. I like it when they completely lose it and uh, you know and, and go completely mental. We need we need a few more of those uh, of those sort of uh, those sort of uh, unhinged fans. I think to uh, uh, to try and find what they're up to these days. It all seems very. Re- I often think when the final whistle goes and, and if Wickham have won, especially on the road, and if they've been backs against the wall, I'm already kind of like hugely anticipating the work of Vital Len, who collates the comments so brilliantly, knowing they're going to be fantastic. But yeah, some of some of them this season have been uh, have been slightly sort of uh, laissez-faire. And especially if the opposition is so bad themselves, the, the fans tend to be a bit more self-indulgent and sort of bemoan their own misfortune rather than blaming us. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there, there will be some more days, some good days. I'm anticipating a win against Derby County this season, which I'd imagine would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they'll 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 lose it, won't they? Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll lose it. I'll tell you what I think it is, though, Phil. I think it's the fact that um, opposition fans are respecting us as a club a bit more. I think you know we're there legitimately pushing. That they all say, oh, they'll be pushing for promotion, you know, and all the old hoofball stuff. It's there now and again, but really, it's, that's not the story anymore. Um, so, so again, you know, going back to the the, the earlier discussion, uh, we're lucky to be, you know, watching in these wonderful times. Indeed, we are, and uh, I'm I'm sure the keen followers of your work uh, would have noticed Ipswich Town have departed because uh, I, I I've got your sort of your stronger suit more the west. As we move east across the country, uh, you, you tended to struggle somewhat, which I think added to the hilarity of, of the pitch. <laughs> well, 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 of course, you know, uh, you can you can do Plymouth, can't you? In Exeter, that's that's that, there's no problem. You just Jethro, aren't you? You know, it's no problem at all. <laughs> the problem, the problem with the east, and I can't disagree with you on the east. Is you know, uh, uh, there are so few reference points for 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 that for that lot over there, and uh, and yes. I'm not very good at it. I'm not. I'm not even going to try it now on air because you know it, it takes about five retakes to, to get something that's just bad <laughs> as dreadful. So, so. <laughs> well, we there very we... much appreciate on behalf of all the listeners. We very much appreciate your work. And finally, after however many hundred episodes we've done now, I think we're over 130 episodes of Ring of the Blues. Believe it or not, uh, most of which have featured your good self. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, we can publicly show our gratitude. So, thank you. Cheers. No problem. Right, that's your lot for this week. Many thanks to Graham Deakin, a.k.a. the Regional Accents Department, to Luke Leahy, to Dale Taylor, to Matt Bluefield, and you guys for listening in. We'll be back next week, even though there's no game because of the international break. Come on, you blues. <laughs>